Coordinates Found, the Outdoor Parent Podcast. Hi, it's Jelaine, your host of the Outdoor Parent Podcast. This episode kicks off a series on backyard ice rinks. If you haven't done a backyard ice rink before, let me tell you, there's a great big beautiful world of enthusiasts and it's quickly addicting. I stumbled across the Facebook page, Backyard Ice Rinks, last year when we did our first lake rink and I became hooked. This episode deals with the basics and some more in-depth stuff. So if you've never done a rink before, this is for you. Or if you already have a rink in your backyard, hopefully you can learn a thing or two as well. Let's start with an introduction. So if you want to tell us about your backstory, how you kind of got started, what your current setup is, and who currently uses the rink that you have, that would be great. Yeah, we. Uh, this is year 13 of the, uh, the rink in the Paddington Backyard Forum, <laughs> I suppose. Um, we started when uh, my daughter was five. Uh, she's now 18 and away at school playing hockey. And, awesome. Uh, currently, the two boys uh, still use it almost every day, uh, even when it's really cold. And, and sort of one of the big advantages of having it is they can walk out the back door and go on for 15 minutes, come and sit inside and warm up and go back out for another 15. And they kind of do their own thing out there. But um, years ago when it started, when my daughter was three and four, I would take her to the rink that was the outdoor rink that was, you know, within a three minute drive from my house. But, you know, she's out there for at that time, you know, 10 minutes and, and she's done. And if, uh, if you have kids or you have friends with kids and, and they're, you know, five and three and you're trying to bring them out to the backyard or the outdoor rink and uh, you're bundling them all up and driving them over there. And then it lasts 10 minutes. It's almost, it's almost punitive. It, it beats you up, right? You're like, I don't even want to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so when she was in her second year of hockey as a five-year-old, um, we, I, the, the summer before I was like, well, I can, I've got some material here. I'll, I'll throw some boards together. And I threw full four by eight sheet boards together and, and made a rink. And, uh, we had it one year at, uh, at our old house and it's been here at, uh, our current, uh, home for, for the additional 12 years. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And that's a really good point that I don't hear many people talking about. You can be out there for a short amount of time without the least amount of hassle. And it it just gets kids outside for like 10, 15 minutes at a time, like you're talking about. And you don't, you're more likely to actually get outside because I know for me, taking the kids to the rink, I'll be like, oh, we'll do it tomorrow, or there's not quite enough time, or it's cold and they don't skate for very long. Whereas this way, there's really no excuse to not go on the ice every single day. Right. It's uh, it's just so convenient. And I remember Walter Gretzky, who you may have heard of, uh, Wayne's dad, and mm-hmm. he used to talk about it was just self-preservation. He could sit in his kitchen <laughs> and watch Wayne out on the backyard rink. And, and, and quite frankly, there was a little bit of that. Like, I didn't need to go to the backyard or the outdoor rink where it was cold and the shack may or may not have been opened and it, the ice wasn't really as, as good as it could be because maybe it was managed well or it hadn't been shoveled or who knows. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, have, uh, we have complete uh, uh, control of our, our rink just by the effort we put into it and it's, uh, it is a bit of self-preservation and, and it is a lot of work to be sure. Let's say someone has never really even heard of backyard ice rinks and they're considering doing this, when would they want to purchase equipment and when would they want to start setting up? So 
what's the timeline for someone new to this to get into setting up a backyard rink? Well, the beauty of a backyard rink is really big picture. All you really need is water and a flat surface in your yard. But of course, that's very simplistic. There's, you know, I live in Thunder Bay. So, you know, today, for example, when I woke up, it was minus 27 degrees Celsius. Mm. Um, Building ice is no issue at all. Um, But I do belong to quite a few sites, Facebook sites or Twitter sites that um, share a lot of their information. And it, it is really unique. Um, depending where you live, your your temperature, building ice. I know a lot of people skate and they, they know they've got water four inches beneath their feet. That's never an mm-hmm. issue here in Thunder Bay. Um, so so much of it is unique to your, your own um, geography, I suppose. And even Southern Ontario, I see some beautiful rinks and they get them running at the end of December and they're finished by the end of February. Whereas like our, our rink record, if you will, is November 9th. We were skating one time. Wow. And, uh, and it usually lasts till mid-March, and it's only because I, I, the, the weather would probably keep it longer, but the truth is, is we get a lot of sun on the one side of our rink come spring, and mm. that the sun beats it up. So if you're, if you're starting a rink for the first time, I mean, you could get away with two-by-sixes and little stakes and a tarp, and, and off you go. Um, there are a lot of people up here in our area, in our neck of the woods, that don't um, like to use tarps. They go right onto the ground. Um, and I think it's just personal preference. We use a tarp and it's that's really the reason we get going as early as we do usually. My brother-in-law, he uses, uh, he just goes straight to the ground and okay. he gets, he usually starts about a month after us roughly. Um, but he, that's probably the most practical for him. Ice rink liners and ice rink materials are low inventory right now. So when would you advise people if they wanted to get a liner or a tarp? When should they be ordering those things? So I usually order like I usually order mine in the spring before. So I've got lots and lots of lead time. So if it takes six weeks to get it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a guy who will buy a tarp every year, which I'm sure a lot of people will be like, you're crazy. We, we reuse ours <laughs> all the time. And I'm sure that that's appropriate for some people but I had one year where I didn't buy a new tarp and I reused the tarp and somewhere along the line there was a little pinhole or or a couple of pinholes and I had some leakage and it just created an immense amount of work that I just don't want to relive (laughs) so it, it was just worth it for me to it's worth it to me to purchase a tarp each year in the springtime after it's been used um and my rink's about you know roughly 40 by 60 Um, a little little smaller but um, I I sell the tarp used and I get I recoup some of that money and I put it into the tarp next year people are happy to buy them for gardens or for covering their boats or you name it I don't know construction jobs so yeah so I don't have any problem like I'll usually sell it right away on just like a a buy and sell site and and then I just take that 50 or 60 dollars because it's a couple of the tarp I get is usually a couple hundred dollars um, and so I put that right back towards next year's tarp and it, it's worked out well for me. I know people have different systems. and I think you and I talked about that before we came on air on how it is so unique what people do. And there's, mm-hmm. there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? So, yep. um, you know, I can only speak to my experiences and a lot of the things I've read about other people in different places. Uh, I know Minnesota is very similar to Thunder Bay, um, Weather-wise, might be a mm-hmm. little bit warmer towards the cities and down into Mankato where my daughter is playing. Um, 
uh, out out uh, east, maybe in the Boston area, I see lots of rinks there as well. And yeah, and um, I I find it really fascinating to watch what different people do. Yeah, it is. It is very different um, in all the different areas, which makes it a little tricky because you you can't copy what someone else is doing, but you can get inspiration, and you, you're going to have to try and fail, I think, at a a few things before you get what's right for you. But there is a lot of good inspiration out there, at least. Absolutely. We, uh, y- y- there's a lot of trial and error. And, uh, yeah. you know, after, you know, this being year 13, in all honesty, aside from the original setup every, like the last few years, my boys really, they run the rink. They do everything. They flood, they shovel, they repair when there's cracks. They, um, they have, it's really their rink now. Um, I'm just uh, the foreman sitting inside bossing them around. <laughs> that, that's really the goal. It teaches kids a lot to take care of something that you love and to put the time into it. And they have some ownership, some pride in their, in their work and building their rink. So I think that is the good goal for everyone to get there. But obviously, if you have little kids, you can't be there quite yet. You got to put in the work first. But maybe eventually we can all be to the point where the kids maintain it themselves. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that ever since we had it, even when they couldn't really shovel it over the boards, they were always expected to help. And uh, I think that that, to your point, it, te- it teaches them a little bit of pride in what we're doing because uh, we really do put a lot of time on the ice. So as mm-hmm. a result, we put a lot of time in keeping the ice. And I, I mean, our ice is, it's really good, but it's like the quality of the ice is really good, but that's because the work's put into it, right? If there's a crack, we repair it, mm-hmm. we flood over top, off we go. If, if we skate one night, they flood right after, it's ready for the next time, all that sort of thing. And, and shoveling it, shovel it right away so the ice, so the snow doesn't stick. And uh, it, th- you said it, it, there's a lot of pride in, in, in having your rink the way you want it. You have friends come over and they play on it. And um, we've had, I've had three on three, you know, group of guys, older guys playing on there. It's, it's a ton of fun. I am guilty of not making my kids do much work and we just have the lake rink. So it's, it is a little bit easier in some, well, in a lot of aspects, but I love to shovel. So I am selfishly hoarding that job that (laughs) I do all the shoveling and then they just skate as I'm shoveling, but they really should start helping because I think it would be it would be much wiser for them to put in a little bit of work instead of uh, instead of just watching mom do it all the time. Let's go over rink size a little bit. I know there is no rink too small. I have seen them extremely small and I've seen them uh, full regulation size. But are there some some good sizes for people to stick with? Maybe if it's their first rink, is there a size you recommend? Yeah, I think it depends a lot on what you've got for a yard as well. We're, mm-hmm. we're fortunate that we've got a, a big space and, and um, like I said, we're about 30 by 60, just a hair smaller. And um, But I've seen some rinks that are nearly full size outdoor rinks with glass and mm-hmm. and uh, the whole nine yards. And the bigger the rink, the more the work. Um, but, True. you know, there are kids who are having outdoor practices right now on rinks here in Thunder Bay. And you know, full, uh, um, full opportunity to skate or outdoors shinny games or whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. if, uh, if you have that, uh, that opportunity in your yard, then why not? Um, but 
if, you know, when I was a kid, I had a really small little chunk of ice that my dad threw down and it, it was great. I thought it was the best ever. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, uh, as you said, there's no, there's no rink too small. And it, it, I mean, you're asking yourself what you're doing it for. You're doing it so your kids can be outside and enjoy the outside and, and, uh, be active. And, you know, it, it takes a bit of a load off parents because we don't, like I said, have to drive them to the rink when they're little or whatever my, my kids are into driving now, not all of them, but uh, so they can go around and about, but they still take care of their rink and they still use it. And so as long as that happens, then then uh, it's perfect for our family. And I'm sure that there's lots of families that say the same. If you've got a, you know, a eight by 18 rink, then it's probably perfect for their family. Otherwise they wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's easy to get caught up and say, I don't have enough space. Like you're saying, my, maybe my yard's not big enough, so I'm not going to do it at all. But just just a little bit of ice out there for them. You, I'm so surprised what kids come up with with a small amount of space or just one one little piece of ice or one little snow hill. They will have a blast. So I think it's still worth it. And like you said, it's it's less work when it's smaller. So if you can only do a small rink, then then you have some benefits of not having to put in as much time and not as much money either. Right, because as that rink gets bigger, it, the water bill's higher. The yep. the uh, the boards, or if you choose to have boards or netting or what have you, then all those expenses go up. Right. So mm-hmm. you mentioned space. What what do people need to look at in their backyard if they're looking out the window or they're going to take a walk around the yard? What should they be evaluating if they are looking for a good space to put up a rink? Yeah, and and. I think the biggest mistake I hear from people, uh, they'll say, well, I thought my yard was level. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you will not realize how how your yard is not quite as level as you think <laughs> until you try and make a rink. Mm-hmm. And um, the first rink I built, I learned that the hard way. And of course, again, we were blessed with good weather, like the right weather for rinks. And But I probably had in one corner, no exaggeration, I bet you it was 18 inches of ice. And in the other corner, there was maybe four. Yeah, and and I knew there was a bit of a slope, but that was a good lesson to learn the first time I did it because I didn't have a really significant problem. I didn't have a leak or I didn't have any. It froze, but I was like, okay, <laughs> this isn't level. <laughs> and and so when we moved to our house that we're in now, um, it I looked at the yard and I thought, okay, this is the most level spot. But I did try and level it out some more, and I think even now. I'm still leveling it every year because, you know, ground moves a little bit, right? So mm-hmm. um, my biggest difference is I've got probably one area that's about seven inches. I'm probably seven inches to four inches, which isn't too, too, too okay. bad. No, no. Yeah, that's better than most people. And the eye is very deceiving. So you want to go and measure the yard if at all possible because yeah. it'll save you a lot of headache. Once right. winter comes around. And I did take, like, I took a transit out to actually take shots to try and get a sense of where my low spots were so I could level okay. them Because it, it just, it speeds up the, the initial flood so much. So in the fall, when we flood and I'm watching the weather and I'm seeing that it's going to be minus 12 at Celsius that night, um, then I'm like, okay, let's go. We're going to flood tonight. And we lay that tarp out and it's a, you know, a four or five hour endeavor. Um mm-hmm. To get an, all I want to do is cover the tarp the first night and then we can hit it again the next night, right? But mm-hmm. um, if you're filling holes, then the water's not self-leveling. So you're, you're fighting that forever. The, what is the first 
easiest way for somebody to get started building a backyard rink? I think if you wanted to to just get started and, and see if your kids are going to use it regularly and if it's worth you putting the time and energy and money into putting a, adding to your rink, um, you could do something as simple as two by six frame uh, around the circumference or around this, yeah, the circumference of your rink and uh, and just stake it with wood, wood stakes. I, I think wood stakes are probably two bucks each for construction mm -hmm. sites. You could use those, hammer them in. You're screwing your two by sixes right to it. Uh, I am a tarp fan, but tarps are are expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and so you could, um, I know when the cities do their rinks or when our city does the rinks, what they'll do is they kind of build almost a little berm around the edges to try and help that water pool. Mm -hmm. um, and so the first, the first um, flood they have, they almost spray those little berms. And I'm not talking about six inch dirt. I'm just talking about a little bit of dirt to try and help hold it in. Cause once that ice takes, it's probably not going anywhere unless you have extremely warm weather or tons and tons of sun. Mm -hmm. um, so those little berms around the outside, maybe a little bit of spray the first cold night, and then you try and build ice slowly but surely um, would probably be the, the least expensive way to go. Um, and then, you know, as you get more comfortable with, yeah, my kids are going to use this or our family's going to use it regularly, um, you can certainly... You know, there are rink kits out there. Um, I can't really comment on price for them because I really don't know. Um, I've never purchased one. I've never used one. But there okay. are people all over the rink sites who swear by them, like Easy Rinks. Or mm -hmm. um, if you Google outdoor outdoor hockey rinks, you'll find tons of companies that supply. And so they'll, they'll supply, you know, everything you need, like the little boards almost, um, um, stabilizing kits to to hold that water in if you've got a bit of a slope um they're, they're really quite sophisticated a lot of these but uh, i suspect they're not cheap either mm -hmm. um, so and that it's almost it seems to me watching the sites that it's almost a necessity um when you're when you're in those warmer areas because you need to keep that water in there mm, okay. um, so like i don't really have that issue so mm -hmm. Like my ice isn't going to change at all significantly. We might, if it warms up to plus two tomorrow, it really doesn't make a difference on my rink. Yep. Right. Um, and even if it rained, it would be a bit of a headache to clean it up, but it would be fine. Right. Yep. I mean, a little bit of work. Um, and then, you know, you can, you can build the Taj Mahal of rinks if you'd like. Uh, I've been to a couple of outdoor rinks here in Thunder Bay that are like terrific. Um, and obviously a ton of work and, and, but people, like you said, and we talked about earlier, or talking about the pride of your rink, like you, you mm -hmm. love having people over, you love having them play on the rink. You love having the kids have a good time out there. And, um, one thing that I, that I did from day one, when my daughter was five and my middle guy was three and, uh, my the little, the baby of the family wasn't quite around yet was I, I sort of made a commitment after that first year. I said, okay, well, if we're going to do a rink every year and the kids are going to use it and we're going to go out and play around, then I'm going to improve the rink just a little bit every year. Hmm. And and that's really was, I'm glad I sort of made that stipulation because if you go and, you know, go all out the first year and you spend mm -hmm. all that money, you're, you're not going to recoup that money and you don't really know if it's going to get used. Yeah. Um, I mean, you do maybe, but at the same time, there's no need for it. I think, I think you can build your rink over time. And that's what I did. Like I built, I did the boards 
which have since been slowly replaced because, you know, they rot out or I didn't mm-hmm. use treated wood or, or what have you. Um, so as a board gets beat up, because now my kids are shooting the puck a lot harder when they're, you know, <laughs> when they're 13, 16, yeah. 17, 18, right? So, um, you know, the plywood's, you know, starting to take a bit of a beating. So I replaces, I replaced three sheets last year, just, you know, and super expensive compared to when I first purchased them because yeah. of what's happening in the lumber world, <laughs> yeah. right? It's um, so sad. Oh, I know. And so, you know, one year I, I, so every year I buy a tarp, um, one year I, I had some lights and I slowly replaced the lights with better lights. And even this year I replaced a couple of the better lights with led lights. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I put netting up, which meant I had to buy posts to mount the netting to. Um, So the netting that you see in the indoor rinks, it's the same stuff. I actually, I can't remember the name of the company. They were fabulous. Custom made this netting for me, cost me about $400 us. And it it wasn't bad at all. This is probably six or seven years ago. Um, and they shipped it right to my doorstep. It was a company in Minnesota. Perfect. Wow. It was perfect. Exactly what I needed. And they sent it exactly all grommeted and everything. So it was easy for me to mount. I got the, just, I got 12 foot fence posts and mounted it on there. Um, so just chipping away at these little things, there was a rink that did some renos here in town, like an indoor rink. And so all the mats that they were throwing out, um, I was fortunate enough to be able to, to take those and add them to our rink. So we've got a nice little trail of walking to the rink now without any issue. And that is control. a good idea to see places that are renovating. I yeah. never thought of that, but we just had an ice rink. Kubri did everything and I probably could have gotten a whole bunch of stuff from there. Yeah. But it's a good point for other people who didn't miss the boat like I did. Look at, yeah, look at rinks that are renovating. Right. Just a little bit of dumb luck that I ran into it that day, but it's uh, it worked out great. <laughs> um, so basically, point being is maybe don't bite off too much at at the beginnings. Just double check, make sure, like you did, the kids are going to use it, they love it, and then make that commitment and say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep improving." But don't put too much pressure on yourself that first year. Just have fun with it and do what you can do. Yeah, it's good advice, and I think. The other thing is talk to talk to people who've done them because it you can save yourself so much grief mm-hmm. um, with you know little things like the type of hoses that that worked best for and you'll find different answers from different people and you'll make your own True. decision um, you know things that work for me really well or things that I swear by like I we only really flood with hot water okay. um, but there's lots of people who who say it doesn't make a difference I think it does but. Um, you know, that's what's worked for me. And I totally respect those that have a successful rink that works for them. Yes. Yeah. It's a good point. And I feel like the ice rink community, most of the people at least know that it's going to be different for everybody. So you don't get a whole lot of pushing and saying that this is the right way. It's nice. People are very supportive and open minded, really, to just trying things. So don't be afraid to ask somebody. Maybe if you have a neighbor who has a rink, more than likely they'll be happy to talk to you about it because they've put a lot of time into it and they don't want you to make the same mistakes that they have. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't found a rink builder that's not happy to talk about the rink. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's such a good connection point. Everyone can get excited and on board with this. So just just talk to people. I love that. So have you found any good resources that have helped you along this journey you've been on, um, improving the rink, learning about the rink, any websites, books, YouTube videos, anything like that that you've run across? 
I think the sites that I use the most are the ones on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. I, actually, in fact, I think that's where you and I had connected. That is. I and, love that group. <laughs> yeah, it's a fabulous group. And if you ask a question, you'll get 70 answers. And mm -hmm. then you can pick which best, which is the best one for you. And I, I really enjoy that site. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a scroller. I'll scroll through and see what different people are doing. And I, I really like that. I, I, I belong to a few different uh, sites on Twitter um that have links to different places um but the facebook one that you and i both belong to is uh is probably the best resource because if you ever have a problem i think you've got so much depth of experience there in all different climates that that you really you can really gain a lot of uh thing from that backyard ice rinks uh facebook page yes there'll be somebody who's experienced and done what you are hoping to do or the mistake that you made there will always be someone who's done that before and there'll be somebody hopefully in your rough climate too so like you said there's a good good range of people there to help your specific instances right. uh let's talk about your personal experience with some of the things that you've learned throughout the years for snow removal because we were talking about that before that's a big one what have you have you progressed from shoveling to snow blowing to what what has been your journey with snow removal yeah and thankfully the best um advantage of my snow removal over the years is my kids have gotten older and stronger so that's good. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's uh, a lot easier on my shoulders um but uh you know i for what works for us is I have one area that's sort of low board. So I have full four by eight boards. And then we were throwing it over the boards at the very beginning. I'm like, well, this is crazy. I got to fix this. Mm -hmm. So I, in the middle of my rink, I cut the boards down to two feet, which then gave us an exit point on both sides of the rink, okay. um, which was a big win. Um, we've always shoveled and I, I don't have a brand name for you, but I have a four foot, no, not four foot, maybe three foot wide, shovel that we just used to push all the snow to the side and then we would go and throw it over with aluminum shovels and then the last i, I think three years ago um, i bought uh a, a little toro snow throwers and then it's a gas one so it's got a little muscle to it but now we just push the snow to the boards and then we just walk up the boards with the snow thrower and it just throws it out so we're not throwing over the boards at all anymore um, okay. which is a huge win but that's an expense right that was the expense mm -hmm. for for that year or two, because <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it was about $1,200 for that machine. Um, but I use it for the driveway and I use it for sidewalks and all that. It's a great, I love the little snow thrower. It's not a snow blower with the big cranks. Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm not scared with my boys using it at all because um, it's the, it's, it's got a paddle that throws the snow almost. I'm not ah. sure how else to explain it. Uh, and so it brings it right down to the ice. And then, yes, okay. there's a little bit of tidying up to do, but it, yeah. uh, it really does a good job. I, I, I'm a huge fan. I should have bought it earlier. I just was too cheap. So, yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? We yeah. always wish we would have bought it a couple of years sooner. Right. I'll have so, to look that one up. And I, yeah, one of the wide wide sh snow pusher, the shovels, is on my list to get next. Right you, now we just use a, a metal type of scoop shovel, which yeah. I, I don't it's not super popular unless you live in maybe Canada or the upper Michigan area. Uh, and it, it definitely works, but the wider the shovel, the better. And I mean, you really are just pushing snow, though, until you can throw it over the boards, like you said. Exactly. So it's funny. There was, The other day I was at an outdoor rink, 
and they had a, an idea of a brand name. Not that I endorsing anybody, but this was called the Man Plow. <laughs> well, you have to share that name. Yeah. That's too good. <laughs> I know. That's why, and it, it, I immediately Googled it to find out because it was it was it was light. It was wide. It was actually, I think, close to four feet wide. And it was uh, it was a shovel that I want for my rink. I just haven't gone to actually try and purchase it yet. So it's uh, that was one thing that I noticed this year that can be a small little improvement for this year. So okay, good to know. Let's talk about resurfacing. Uh, you had said that different things work for different people for flooding and to resurfacing. But what personally have you evolved with on your resurfacing techniques? Uh, yeah, so at the beginning, it's just a cold flood, of course, to fill up your rink. And then once mm-hmm. it freezes, you're good to go. And, and you can build ice. Like if we felt like we needed to build some ice because we had a really sunny or warm day in the spring, we can build ice with cold water, no problem. My experience is that it gets a little chippy because it freezes really fast here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not everybody's experience. And my my second or third, I can't remember what year, it might have been my second year as a rink builder so my daughter was six and my middle kid was four um i had a student actually who said hey my dad's done with this um for our rink he asked if you wanted it because i guess i had talked about it in class one day and so i said sure and he the, the kid kenny was his name he actually said he said we we call it the home bony and i'm like okay well sure let's <laughs> take a look at it and so uh, he brought it in it was all copper his dad had c- clearly made it and I'm still using it today and I run uh, I run hot water through it and I just drag it along. And it is it honestly, it our ice is like indoor ice. It is hmm. it does such a good job that hot flood almost reaches in and grabs the ice and freezes so quickly. We can flood that whole rink in, you know, from start to finish, hooking up the three fifty foot hoses, running the home bony around our little pattern on the rink. And then emptying the hoses out by dragging them down the driveway so they run onto the into the ditch, and uh, we can do it from start to finish with me and the two boys in probably twelve minutes. Wow! And it it is it, it was the be- Kenny. I thank him every day in my head because that was the best. <laughs> it was the best thing best thing anybody could have ever given us for our rink. And so ultimately, that led to me running a hot water hose bib outside. Um, mm-hmm. so that I just have to turn the tap on. The only thing is it's at the other end of the house. So like I said, I probably mm. run, I probably need 125 feet of hose anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have three 50 foot hoses and I use like, they're like fire hoses. They're like the fire, oh. music, they're smaller and, uh, they just wrap up and I keep them in a little bucket right here by the back door. And, uh, um, it's the also because you buy the vinyl hoses or rubber, the rubber would probably be better, but the vinyl hoses I found cracked and yeah. so somebody suggested these fire type hoses and they were the best thing I ever bought too, but I, they're hard to find actually at this okay. size, at the standard size for a house like the fire guys can find them, I'm sure. But anyway. Okay. So it's a good thing if you can get your hands on one yeah. <laughs> or a couple, definitely yeah, get they, one of those. The home bonies, there's a commercial version of them, but if you have some skills, you can build one on your own out of PVC pipe or this one that I have is made out of copper, which means it costs a fortune now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the fittings that are, that'll go along with it. So, um, I, I would highly recommend it. Um, you see people with lawn tractors and big buckets of water on the back and dragging it along. Awesome. Like, I think they're, 
I think those are awesome. Like if you've got the ability to do that, that's great. I saw a friend this year had a big, big tank. I don't know how big that tank was on a back of a, like a small, uh, almost like a golf cart kind of a deal. And he dragged it around and drove it and his rink was perfectly flooded again. So do you have any tips on setting up or tearing down? Cause you've done this, what did you say? 13 years. So you've set up and torn down quite a few times. Any good tips that you have uh, learned over the years? Yeah. So the first few years I had the rink, I would take it down every year and now I just leave it up. Um, but I would take it down and I would stack my boards because I had, I'd have to count to be honest with you, maybe 15 or 18 boards, you know, four by eight boards and they're heavy. So I was carrying them to wherever to store them behind my shed or whatever. I'd throw out, I threw out a tarp that I would throw over them to help them survive, you know, the, the rains and stuff. Um, but what I found was I was, I was just at war putting it up every year and staking it because I have uh, T posts that I put into the ground and then screw the boards to the T posts so that everything's stable. Um, but I just, I chose to stop doing it once I started having the netting up there and we had snow fencing, like the orange snow fencing that people, I had that up there for a few years until I got the netting. And then my kids started putting pucks through the snow fencing, snow, snow fencing. So I had to move, move to something different. Um, so, so I'm not one who takes my rink down. I know the vast majority of people do. I think the biggest thing that you probably have to be aware of is keeping the, um, your, your materials off the ground, unless they're plastic. Cause I think there's some plastic boards out there. You keep them off the ground and keep them from getting wet. Are you, if you're in a cold area that has a longer season, it might just be worth it to set it up, like leave it up like you do. If, if you're at all possible, like some people need their yard for whatever in the summer, but if you have a big enough space, you might just want to leave whatever you can up there. <laughs> exactly. Like I'd be pulling it apart in I probably wouldn't maybe mid-May or early May and then yeah. I'd be setting it back up in mid-October yeah. so yeah I, I guess there'd be some gain um but I don't know for the work the cost benefit analysis I just decided to start leaving it up and my uh my wife Carolyn seemed to be okay with that or at least hasn't told me <laughs> Well, well, then it's fine. And then I know a lot of people have questions like, is the grass going to be okay? Well, if you leave it up, it doesn't matter if the grass is okay. You can, you can just let it, let it be what it'll be in that area. And you don't have to worry about it at all. It almost becomes, uh, it became for a few years, kids were playing a lot of soccer in the spring and summer. Mm. It became a little soccer rink. Oh, yeah. And if, if I had been so inclined when I, because we did some yard work here and I created the flat spot for the rink from where it once was in this yard. Um, I, I mean, some people asphalt or, or, and then have basketball courts and uh, the, the, the ideas of what you can do with that space are limitless. So, so my kids have used it as a little soccer rink now in the summer or spring, they shoot their pucks out there. Um, and then it can be used for, for anything really. They play, they play touch football in there. Like my 12 year old when they had a team party, mm-hmm. it was almost a bit small for the number of kids they had in there. I was waiting for somebody to run into the boards, but it didn't happen. I don't think so. Yeah. It's multi-use. You can, you can find a use for it in the summer too. So if you're going to put in the work, you might as well use it for as many things as possible. Uh, let's talk about fixes. So 
it's going to be different for everything. There's all different types of ice problems that you can have. But what are some big issues that you see and some of the easier fixes for those? So whatever it might be, maybe cracks, bumps, air pockets, slush, I know is a big one. Any tips that you have on fixing some of the problems that come up with ice? Yeah, so I think I would highlight two. And, and the one that I seem to have is as the temp- temperature fluctuates here, the ice will crack, which makes, of course, perfect sense. So um, we'll sometimes get a big crack right across the middle of the rink, which I would tell you is becomes a little bit unsafe because I don't want somebody catching a blade in there and twisting an ankle or breaking, a, you know, anything could happen, mm-hmm. right? So if we have big cracks, sort of we've agreed that we have to get them patched right away. Um, and so I liken it to almost patching like a drywall hole. So you're making slush up and you're slushing and filling that hole in as best as you can and then getting it as smooth as you can. And then you just do a proper flood over top of it and it's fine. It does take some time and on a day like today, it would be cold, but it just has to get done for, I think, for safety because I don't want anybody getting hurt. Um, so those big cracks are probably the biggest issue that we deal with. Um, I certainly see pockets, air pockets, which tells me that people have had a leak and I've had that before. And that was that one example I gave, mm. um, <clears throat> about the tarp having a leak and, and the, basically it becomes a shell and then mm-hmm. most of the rink's frozen, but that one area just won't freeze because, or won't, uh, freeze because running water will just keep running. Yep. Right. And so you just hope one day that that little plug, that little hole gets plugged. Mm -hmm. And so what I did that year was I just kept throwing snow in there, a little bit of water, slushing it up, slushing it up, slushing it up, and hoping that it would eventually plug because you can't ever find that hole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no chance, (laughs) right? Um, And so that was that was a tough that was a tough fall um, for me personally because it was, and I, I literally hauled buckets. And I started throwing it over top of the shell to build ice on top of it. Mm. And then on a super cold day, I drilled down into the hole and I fed water in there and it eventually took. Oh. And, uh, you know, cold is your biggest your biggest ally with the rink, as we've said. And so that, that's one thing that worked for me. I've seen people using blow torches to, to, um, to smooth out rough areas. I'm fortunate that if we had a rough, you know, a couple of bumps, or if you've got a pocket and you fill that pocket up, you know, as we know, water expands when it freezes. So Mm -hmm. it sometimes creates a bump. Yep. But if you just like, we can just flood right over top of it Mm -hmm. and it won't be an issue. And if that's an example at the beginning of the year, when I'm trying to build ice, I might go with a cold flood, right? Because Mm -hmm. if I hot flood, it's going to leave that bump there with the cold flood. I have to build up ice over top of it. If if you're following what I'm saying. Yes. Yep. That makes perfect sense. We, I almost took out the blowtorch this year. We had a rough section on one edge for some reason, and it was pretty rough, but uh, a sunny day or two actually took it all away, and I ended up not needing to do that. But right now we have wide cracks, and we need to fix that because, yes, you'll definitely get injured on that. So that's that's on our project list for tomorrow to start filling those. That uh, that I will make the boys help with. (laughs) Be on your hands and knees, and the more hands, the better for filling cracks. Yeah, just do it with a puck or, uh, you know, just like they do when you're watching an NHL game or or a hockey game, a little bit of water bottle and some snow and Mm -hmm. stuff in there a little bit at a time, and it'll it'll get done. Last question we'll wrap it up with is, what is the 
I guess, biggest upside for you personally having the rink? We went over that it's nice for them to go outside quick, but have you seen anything come out of it for your family? Any big um, growth that you've seen in your kids from your backyard rink? At the risk of sounding really cheesy, it's something that we do together every single year. And for example, with Alexis, my daughter, who's playing at Minnesota State right now, um, they had they had an outdoor game last weekend in Mankato. And so I did everything I could to go down and watch her play in this outdoor game, which is such a unique experience. But leading up to the outdoor game, the WCHA, the league that she plays in, actually asked Alexis for um, stories about her or her outdoor hockey experience, because that's something a lot of hockey players have in common. We all play outside. And mm-hmm. because the ice is free and it's, uh, and if you have your own rink, it's, it's, you know, super convenient. So I think that's something that the vast majority of, of hockey players across the Northern U.S. and, and Canada have in common. Um, and so everybody on her team submitted their stories about having an outdoor rink. And Alexis shared her story about our rink and about how her and her brothers would spend all the time working on it and spend their time out there. And so we had, they had asked her for pictures and all that sort of thing. And so, and now it's, it's, it's a sense of, of, uh, you know, joint responsibility that we're going to take care of the rink. And my older son, EJ, um, he, he's last year during COVID when everything was shut down, um, he would go out and do his workouts every single day on the rink to, to stay sharp. He was, a you know, fortunate enough to get drafted to the Sioux Greyhounds of the OHL and um, nice. I don't think that those things are unrelated, you know, with Alexis playing Division mm-hmm. One and, and Elliot getting a chance to go to an OHL camp and who knows what's coming for little Benny. Um, but I, I think that having all that extra ice time and, and making a commitment to doing some skill work on your own is makes a huge difference for players. It's you have the player aspect if if you are a hockey family you have the family aspect which obviously is super important but you also you have the health aspect even if you're just skating for fun it there's so so many benefits that I love asking people what they see in their family because you'll see a lot of repeat things but new things will come up. They'll just, oh, my kid has so much more confidence or my kid is making friends now because they have something to do together. But I think it's definitely worth the time and the money. If you have the cold weather, you should give it a go. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of lot of, lot of of good about our rink. When I look back on uh, on my kid's experience on the, and the work and, and time and energy we put into our rink, I don't think it's something that we'll regret. I hope you learned something new. And better yet, I hope you're able to put it into practice. If you'd like to learn more, feel free to listen to one of our other episodes of Backyard Ranks.